0: blog talk radio
1: I'm your host Jonathan Mooney, and I uh, we got two episodes left. This is the second to last episode of the season, and I'm here with Laura Jean. How you doing, Laura? Hey, I'm
2: doing good. Excited for today's episode. It's going to be really nice. We have some great people on yeah. today. Yes, we do.
1: <laughs> You're like I'm not ready for this. <laughs> um anyway, I'll 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 introduce them. Alright. So tonight Oh I can um, introduce have, if
2: you want me to. Okay. All right, yeah. Go right ahead. All right, today we have Tristan Clay and Doug Snapper on. Um, and they're two amazing um two amazing men and they're also really sexy for anyone out there that doesn't know. Let's see. This is what I'm gonna let her do
1: it. What? I'm gonna let you do it from now on because it sounds better. Okay. Uh, So we got we got Tristan Clay. How are you doing, Tristan?
3: I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. And uh, and how are you doing, Duck
1: Snapper? I'm fine,
0: and I appreciate you having me on.
1: Yeah, no, no problem. That our our pleasure. Um, So uh, Tristan's done a movie called uh, Red Eye that um, is available on Amazon Prime. Available a lot of a lot of streaming uh, sites and and stuff. Um, uh, First of all, Tristan, can you tell us a
3: little bit about Red Eye? Yeah, absolutely. Red Eye is set up as a very generic. Flasher film where four friends go out to document a local legend called Red Eye, and um, it's really just how far they will go to make it a reality, you know, to to turn this legend into something real. Uh, there's a lot of twists and turns that make it stand out amongst the the other generic, you know, horror films that we're playing off of. Um, me and Destiny, my partner, who co-wrote the film with me, we're very huge horror fans and we just played with the uh the formula and really um built upon that with red eye.
1: Alright, awesome.
3: Um and
1: Doug, uh you you had uh English Fables recently. Um sort of you know, you know pretty pretty recently. Uh can you tell us a little bit about working on that project?
0: Uh, which one again?
1: The Being English Fables?
0: Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I, I lately I've been doing, I've been writing books more than I've been writing screenplays. But uh, um, I was, I'm trying to find the name of the director here. Um, it's been
1: oh, you mean some, Brad Twig?
0: Brad Twig. Yeah. I'm sorry. Sorry about that, Brad. <laughs> but um, yeah, he, uh, we've been friends. He was a big fan of the. Uh, the film that J.R. Bookwalter did and that uh, we did a full uh, full moon. And he, were, you know, since he was like, uh, I don't know, I think we met him when he was like 12 or 13 or something like that, he would come to the conventions. Um, so I guess when he uh, decided to do that film, he, he thought of me. I'm very uh, grateful that he did. And he asked me if I'd uh, come up with a story for him. And I was happy to do that. And I came up with something called uh, – black uh, black satin sheets. And uh, sounds, it was actually, uh, yeah, it was, it was based on a, a a bigger story that I had written. So I had to sort of uh, cut it down, you know, because uh, Phoenix Staples, of course, was a, uh, you know, had three episodes in it, and each one had to be about 20, 25 minutes. So that's all the time we had. Um, it wasn't precisely the story I had originally thought of, but uh, I think it—I I the script came out pretty well, and Brad did a great job of uh, shooting it.
1: Cool. All right. Um, Laura, I know you've got some, some questions you want to ask these gentlemen.
2: Well, as of right now, I want to ask um, Tristan, because I, I realize we have tons of mutual friends, and um, I don't even know how, but we're friends on Facebook. And I was like, how do I know you? And I'm like, "How we met in person? I don't know. But um, we are, I mean, we both work in the horror world. And so my first question for you is obviously Red Eye, and I've, I've heard so many great things about Jessica Cameron. And uh, I wanted you to just kind of go about, like, um, were you a part of the casting process of Red Eye, and and um, how how was being on set with some of those actors on there, like Heather Jork and things like that? And I know I've heard great things about them and the way they work on set, and and um, just you know, tell me about um, how it was directing that film. And is there anything um, that you want to say about some of the actors on there, like good? you know, good things about them and shout-outs and things like that and, and just talk about the process. Because I know in the horror industry, in the independent horror industry, um, it's very difficult for one to get a film up and going. And um, it, it takes people that are obviously um, just kind of in it to win it and willing to put their whole into it. And I just wanted to know, like, how your process was with Red Eye because I really enjoyed I really enjoyed the film and I thought it was very entertaining. So for everyone out there, if you didn't get a chance to watch it, please do on Amazon Prime now. And Tristan, go ahead. You know, anything you want to say about it.
3: All right. Well thank you. Um we actually met on Facebook because of Nick Hunt. That's uh oh, that was the connection. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyway, uh <laughs> it was I was a part of the casting process. I was uh, very close. I mean, I, will, I was the casting director, basically. Um, it was very challenging trying to find, because, I mean, you're you're filming for two weeks. You have to find right. actors and actresses that can, you know, do whatever you need in such a small amount of time. Right. And we only had Jess on set for one day to film oh, everything wow. that she had. Yeah, and we ended up actually wrapping like six o'clock and we started at 6 a.m. So, I mean, it was really fast and everybody just knew everything and they were just on, on it the entire time. Um, But it is very challenging to cast for a film um, because there's so many aspects that go into it. You know, what is their social media presence? Are they, you know, respected? Are they, you know, do they put themselves out there in a professional you know a, acceptable way cause you don't want to attach something bad to your film. There's just so many things like I'll stalk your Facebook, you know, before I catch you just to see, you know, the type of person you are. Um, Absolutely. and I always go with, yeah. And I always go with my gut feeling and, um, you know, Jess and Heather brought just so much professionalism, uh, to the film. And, uh, it was just great to work with everybody. Um, you know Scott King and Hayden and yeah. the guy that played Red Eye. Red Eye was actually the hardest to cast out of everyone. It was the last role that we cast, um, just because of the type of things that you know Red Eye had to do. And once you see the film, you understand. Um, people just thought it was very uh, what it was a word tasteless or just you know whatever the role was and. You know, I didn't see it as such because I just—it's art. It's just a form of, you know, it's—it's and it's a horror film. Uh, Absolutely. So that one was very challenging, and we finally found someone that I'm still very close with to this day, uh, Clayton Abbott, who played Red Eye, and he just—he was our Red Eye the entire time. He he just—he would do anything that you would ask. Yeah, he he would do anything you would ask him, and he was also a stage actor. So his his body, um, his acting through his body was just on point. I mean, he's not even in the frame and you see him just huffing like with his chest and like clenching his fists and doing stuff that he didn't even need to do, but he did it just in case he was on camera. And it was just, just those little things. Um, I, I couldn't be blessed with a um, better cast than I had with red eye because they just, they were the best.
2: That's so great to hear because, I know, I I just spoke over at the Long Beach Film and Acting Association, and um, that's the one thing that I was talking about is like, because I'm a theater, I started out in theater as well, and I was touring on Broadway for a while before I did film, and as one thing I, I saw with Clayton when I saw this film, I was like, it seems like he's a theater actor, and you can always tell when you watch a film. You're like, oh, you, you can just read each other, right? You re- see the work involved, you know? So it's a different yeah. work ethic, and it's so nice. And, and that's one thing when I was speaking at the film festival, they had noticed they're like, you seem very theater, like something about you, and it's, it's that presence. And that's one thing that's like, I love working with other theater performers and, and with directors that, that like you that respect um, the way we work and you see the way we work and the difference of that because it is just some sort of it's a different it's a different technique but it works in film too and it goes it goes with the character and, and building the character and you can totally yes. tell um with Clayton on that in this film. You can totally tell and it's it's because I thought and I didn't know and I was like, No, you made it clear to me I was like, Okay, he's a theater performer' I could kind of tell watching the film I was like, he's in it. He's putting this whole heart and soul into his character and it shows. It absolutely shows. Yes.
1: Uh, yeah, hey, yeah. Uh, Tristan, real quick, i was going to ask, so uh, you mentioned that Jessica uh, worked for, like, a day, uh, but Heather Dwarf seemed to have um, a lot more scenes and a lot more stuff. Was she there for, like, a lot longer, or, like, how long was she on there Yeah, for?
3: Yeah, we saw it 14 days, and she was there for a week and a half. Okay. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so we, we spent a lot more time with her. Um and she's just as professional and businesswoman-like just as Jessica. Um, and, you know, Jessica was – because she, she actually left Kentucky to go down to Florida to film um, American Guinea Pig song, song of Solomon from Stephen Biro. So it was, like, back-to-back. And, like, I remember her calling and asking how the day went, how everything's going. Because we had some other issues um, with the crew, um, we didn't have any really bad apples except one, which that's really hard to come by an independent film. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, but, but there was some, you know, just me trying to get my vision on the screen as a young, you know, I'm 19 years old telling a man that was, you know, been in the industry for God, what he says 40 years when he's only 45. But um you know, telling him what I want and what I think is right and having to fight with that. So she was always calling, asking how things were going, um, even though she wasn't on set, she was she was there.
1: Oh, that's, that's awesome. That's great to hear.
3: Um She was our guardian I know. Angel of Red Eye. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Laura, do you have any questions for Doug?
2: Yeah. Well I was gonna ask Doug, you know. Being a writer and and director, but being a writer because are you you're mostly consider yourself a writer or have you directed anything recently?
0: Uh, um, no, right now I've been a writer. I haven't directed anything yet. Yeah, um, and I
2: wanted to ask, like, um, what was your favorite project? I know this is difficult because as artists we consider. I know for me, I'm like it's hard to choose what's my favorite because I love everything. But um, for you, I would like what. I guess what would be um, kind of like the easiest, most, um, what was the easiest experience but also the most fulfilling experience for you as a writer on, on like, what was your favorite story so far that you've you've written so far? What was your favorite film that has been made? And um, did you enjoy the process? um, Because I know with some films, writers are sometimes kind of, you know, they write the they write the project and they give it to a director. And they give it to the production and then they never see it again. Are there any pro- productions where you were involved as well? You were involved in the process and involved in kind of where the story would take place. Um, so I guess I have two questions: where which was uh, your favorite and which was um, kind of one? Uh, were you involved in most of them or were you were not involved in most of them? Okay. Um.
0: I mean, my my the favorite was probably probably the first script that I wrote for Full Moon. And you know, mm-hmm. I got into Full Moon because uh um, I was a friend of J.R. Bookwalder and I had worked oh, on his film back in Ohio.
2: Yeah. And
0: J. R. was always very loyal and you know, and he, once he got out there into Full Moon, he was like uh, you know, anybody who wants to come out. You know, he'll help right. get him in there and and so I uh I stayed in Ohio, though, but at one point, Charlie Band was doing, trying to put together a project with Fox TV Mm -hmm. for a Saturday morning show, where they, uh, it was called, um, they had these, um, uh, like, the classic monsters, like uh, Frankenstein and the werewolf, and it was like Frankenstein Reborn, the werewolf reborn.
2: Okay. And they
0: they had already shot two episodes.
2: Oh, wow. And...
0: JR asked me to put together the script for another episode, which was uh, which was going to be the mummy, and that's my favorite of the old monsters. So I was happy to get that assignment. Yeah. And I wrote I wrote a script for it, and um, it went over really well. Everybody loved it. But then uh, Fox, I guess, got cold feet after the first two episodes. And uh, it never went on television. Never got on TV. But the first two episodes, the Werewolf and Frankenstein, were re- released uh, on home video. Yeah. But I really, but... really enjoyed writing that mummy script. You know, I, I nobody put any pressure on me. I I could go where. Well, I, it was Charlie's basic idea, his story. But nobody yeah. interfered when I was writing the script, and I think it came out really well. I I loved it. And other people seem to. Um fortunately it never yeah. got shot. Uh, oh,
1: man. then
0: then JR brought me in for uh, Witch House Two. That's the one I was really involved in. Yeah. And again Jr. gave me all the uh all the freedom I could ask for in writing that.
2: Wow. And
1: uh, I think
0: it came out really, really well. And yeah. um I loved it, too, because it was also going to be shot on, most, a lot of it, I should say, it was going to be shot on 35-millimeter
2: film. Right.
0: And that, that really, uh, that was really nice. And yeah, some that of was, it was...
2: When, especially yeah, in the I mean, you get that nice look to it that's, you know, just amazing and classic, you know. Yeah,
0: you um, get it. Uh, some yeah. of it was on video, of course, because we were still sort of, at that time, Getting in, you know, we were still on that uh, uh, Blair Witch.
2: Yeah. <laughs> for the week.
0: Yeah. So there was some videos, um, but I, you know, I think it came out really well, and you know, Jr. again let me have all that freedom, which was great because on my next two films for Full Moon, uh, The yeah. Vault, and uh, Killjoy Two, uh, I, you know, then I I wasn't working for Jr. So things changed. Mm-hmm. Or I was working for JR, but he had other people, you know, a different director and producer. Right. And I remember I wrote my story for The the Vault was the first one I wrote, and I, I came up with my story. I wrote down the story, and I had it all planned out. And then the day before I was set to start writing it, I got all these notes from the director and all these notes from the producer and notes from the special effects guy. Telling me, you know, with a list of characters and they had effects and how everybody had to die and all this and all the settings and it was just like I, you know, it was like suddenly I had to almost write by numbers, right? You know, so much interference that I I, I wasn't happy with those uh, those two films. And I guess it's because I had all that freedom and then suddenly it was taken away from me. Yeah. Wow, um,
1: then definitely. I, then
0: I should say something I always, you know, then I did uh, uh, Dead and Rotting. And I'll tell you, you know, that I always let everybody know that uh, that my credit on that was mostly contractual. Yeah. I had written the first draft of it. And then Dave Barton, the director, you know, he's a great writer. I don't know why he brought me on because he, you know, he knew what he wanted, and he's a great writer. And he sort of went took the script and did a page one rewrite. Right.
2: So,
0: uh, he really deserves the credit. He put everything into that film, and he should. He really was the writer of the film. So I always want to make sure he gets that credit.
2: Yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's so great to hear because. You know I've heard so many horror stories about writers that you know they always have to let go of their work, and so it's so great to hear that you are allowed so much freedom and so mm-hmm. much i mean it seemed like everyone respected you as a writer and trusted you as a writer to make these things come to life and and so I mean you're obviously good you know and and um you've you've made some great work and um also you have a new project coming out um. Uh, fairly, I think in the next year or so, called, um, I think it's called Shriek Show. Is that correct? Uh, no. That correct?
0: Uh, no,
1: not me. Oh, uh, oh well, it's listed on your IMDb. So I think that's what the. Um, oh, I wrote a number of is. for Brad. I should yeah, say I wrote a number for, for
0: Brad. And I don't know what happened to them. So that, that could be what he's doing with them now. Okay. Oh, okay. But he, i got to get together with him and find out what he's up to here, so. <laughs>
1: like, he's using your name, you know, like, you probably right. want to know. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's probably what he's doing is taking, you know, that's probably an anthology uh, project and, yeah. and stuff. I, I don't, you know. That's cool, yeah, though. I wrote
0: those over a year ago for him, so I thought they were pretty much, you know, in the wastebasket by now. So it's good to know he's going to do something with them.
2: Well, yeah, never know. I'm know. glad you know. I'm glad that you can go reach out and figure it out, you know, because. Right, right. Experiment. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's great. Thanks for letting me know. Yeah. <laughs> of course. I was going
1: to bring it up at the end, but I'm glad we brought it up now. So, you know, yeah. that's the confusion out of the way.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm that always, would have like trying shot now. Like you just relaxed and get some whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: um Tristan, uh you you also have uh have a new project in the works, um that uh is on like an Indiegogo. Um so can you tell us a little about inverted?
3: Yes, I can. Uh, inverted is about a centuries-old cult. Uh, we keep going back and forth if it's going to be completely 70s or just 70s-inspired. Uh, it all just depends on the budget and what we can afford, uh, because you know you're going to have those people that are just going to sit there and be like, that's not 70s. That's <laughs> So we want to do it right if we're going to do it. But it's about a centuries-old yeah. cult uh, known as the Inverts that basically kidnap for sin bearing individuals we have a, a lesbian drug uh lesbian hippie we have a man in drag we have a prostitute druggie and then we have a pedof- pedophile priest uh just a variation of them all and <laughs> they're thrown into um inversions where they have to go through different initiations and um it's led by all women. Uh, and they're just forced to go through these things to invert themselves into the cults uh, because they feel like, or they they believe that there is a uh, a war on the horizon, and it's very like Destiny says it's a Serbian film, and the Lords of Salem have a child that would be inverted. Oh my god! Okay. I love it. So it's <laughs> our, yeah, it's it's very different from anything that we have done, like even with our short films or anything, it's so different than Red Eye. It's gonna be a lot more artsy, it's gonna be um just so the production is just so much bigger. Uh we have twice the cast, twice the effects, twice the story. Um so it's it's all just so much and that's why we're trying to, you know, set the bar at seventeen thousand to raise Uh, on our Indiegogo right now um, because we have just so much and it's it is a a script that I am very confident with and I think that it's it's going to reach a different amount of audience it's going to you know because you know there's people that like slashers and then there's that subgenre of like a cultic kind of thing Um, but it is very women empowering Uh, there's a lot of women in it I have you know, Lynn Lowry from The Crazies and Shivers. We have Maria Olson from Starry Eyes and uh, Southbound. Um, and Jennifer Nangle, she always says you know that it's it's just so empowering and it's and we were discussing this the other day how there's just you know it's funny because I'll you know talk to men because there are some men in there but it's you know they're servants they're servants yeah. to these women. And yeah. they're usually nude and men get so upset and offended because I'm like, they're like, do you have any roles? And I'm like, okay, are you comfortable going nude? And they're like, no, I'm not going to do that if I don't have any lines. And I'm like, well, maybe you know what it feels like to be a woman in the industry right now,
2: but it's, exactly. it's,
3: it's yeah, it's showing, you know, the men right now, even in the casting process, you know, this is what it is. You know, if, this yeah. is what women have to do, and I even had like the stupidest um, comments, like, "Could I wear a prosthetic penis?" And I'm <laughs> like, "Well, do you expect, That's do you expect a woman to wear prosthetic breasts? Like,
2: <laughs> or can I wear a prosthetic?" Well, some of jump? them do,
3: but exactly. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean okay, that like i have I've never once had a guy knock on wood ask me to be naked i I have always been the person where like I'm very open and i'm like i'll I'll like you know i'm I'm such an artist, and I'm like as long as the the script doesn't involve me to be sex like sexual and naked yeah i if i'm killing someone i will do it naked in a heartbeat why not <laughs> right, right it's like an empowerment thing but you know at the same time it, it like you said you know it's all of a sudden it becomes different when it is it, sexualized and i'm mm-hmm. about the needy if it's not sexualized if it's part of if it's just part of the story it just so happens i'm sitting on the couch having a conversation nude with somebody, and that's what the show Girls did on HBO. It showed nudity in a different light, and the men were nude, too. And the men, everybody was kind of just, it was very French. It was very avant-garde. And it sounds like that's kind of where you're going with this film. It's kind of pushing the envelope and causing the men to realize what it's like to be on the sexualized side that women are always on. And this is the perfect time to do that. So I want to say thank you for that. You know, men need to yes. figure you know how what it's like to be on that. Yes.
3: <laughs> but it also gives the women. You know, like like we were talking. Me and Jen were talking about how it also gives all the women in the genre an opportunity to get a really great role because if, you know, she was talking about how she was, you know, there's there was a role that she was auditioning for and it was all men. And she yeah. wants it to like a B, I don't know if she minds me saying this, I doubt it, but, and, you know, it, she says there's so much more opportunity with your film, and the characters are like to die for, they're so, they're not just, oh, pitiful me, like, oh, it's, it's strong, it's, you know, in exactly. your face, and, exactly. yeah, there's so many undertones, you know, me and Destiny were going through a lot when we were writing it, you know, just adapting to, the new world that we're living in that yeah. is so wildly becoming adults. Um, yeah. I can say the presidential election sure had a lot to do with the script. <laughs>
0: Fighting right. someone else's
3: fight. You put the two and two together, but, um, it, it, it's just, it's a lot more than Red Eye. It, it makes Red Eye almost, <laughs> like, almost makes me just kind of hide my face, you know, because it, it just, there's just so much more with it. And I just feel so much more confident with the script. And that's hopefully, awesome. if you're listening, you can back the film so we can get it made, because I'm positive that you guys are just going to love it.
2: Yeah, yeah. And that, yeah, I double that. For everyone out there and for all our women uh, listeners out there. This is the film to support, and you know you can go and do that and um why don't you shout out to some where they can go and find that to support you where where can they uh find uh this project?
3: Yes, you can just go to facebook uh just search inverted the movie or you could um just go to Facebook.com dot slash inverted the movie or you can search it on. Uh, Indiegogo or if you guys are Hmm. Instagram users you can just find us under Deranged Minds Entertainment Uh, we're posting a lot there keeping everybody updated throughout the campaign so you'll be able to find it somehow
2: (laughs) perfect Hmm. awesome that's fantastic I love that. that you know and again like for all our followers out there you know, if you don't know um, this guy, I mean, he has some great stuff, and you need to go out and just check it out and check everything out. Again, everything's on Amazon Prime. I want to start, Jonathan. Do you have anything else? Uh, well, yeah. Let's um, let's bring back to to Doug because um,
1: uh, you talked about working with Full Moon, and that was like basically the uh, kind of our month. Was full moon month, we had a lot of people. We've got one more actual coming um, uh, on. Uh, was it? Uh, we've got one more show before the end of the season. And we've got uh, Ted Nicolau coming on the show, and so that's going to be their big guest. Um, yes. That's great too. Um, yeah. Um, what was it like? Um, I mean, coming on to full moon, kind of in that time period where you were saying, like the kind of the Blair Witch kind of style of uh you know, a lot of um low budget camera work, uh the camera was very was a Midi D V or something, you know, kind of style. Um was it was it kind of hard to, to transition to that having done other projects with, with with uh JR was that was that kind of easy transition? Well I uh you know, I was still
0: working uh, a lot with JR because you know he was in charge of most of their productions at that point. You know, and uh, I w- you know, JR actually brought me out and gave me a, you know, put an apartment to stay in and everything. So. Oh
2: uh, wow. So I still
0: had JR <laughs> sort of protecting me, I guess. And I, remember <laughs> the first, I remember the first time though, I got, I went into a meeting with uh, Charlie Band, and. Uh, JR was afraid I'd, I'd clam up because so I'm usually pretty pretty uh, quiet. But I got in there, and, I mean, uh, there was something I, – because I love movies, I love writing. And just getting into that atmosphere, I really opened up. And I, I, I guess JR told me later, you know, boy, he wouldn't stop talking.
1: <laughs> but I
0: guess everything worked out because, uh, uh, you know, I uh, uh, – I got to do the the script the way I wanted to, but it was a, you know, it was a, it was obviously a big change from the, from the low budget films I was making with Jr. you know, with just a guerrilla crew, It was a a little bit of a step up, and of course, we were getting released in Hollywood and blockbuster videos,
1: so we
0: were getting huge distributions and everything, so... I mean, it really provided a chance for people to show, you know, what they were capable of. Yeah. And that—that—that uh, yeah. that was a big draw for me.
1: Well, I was just gonna say, uh, you also had done like Killjoy 2 and Dead and Rotting. Dead and Rotting is is by far one of my favorite, um, you know, movies of that that time period and everything. I just for some reason. Uh, just Trent being involved. Uh, he was in both, you know, Killjoy 2 and Dead and Rotting. And all the people that were just kind of like in there as actors and everything, I just um I, I absolutely loved it. What was it like working on that uh Dead and Rotting? Well, uh again, uh Dave uh you know, that we Dave
0: came brought that production back to Ohio. So he filmed it right here in our in the area where we both live and i remember oh, dave cool. we were, when we when we started writing the script i uh you know dave would come over to my place and we would uh, uh basically uh we would put both put our ideas down and we had trouble uh i guess we didn't you know it was kind of stressful trying to both deal with uh, our our different conflicting ideas and i uh mm. So we got the idea that I, you know, I would go ahead and just write ten pages and send them to him, and then he'd re- re- revise them. You know, yeah. And that's the way we'd write the script. But then, like I said, Dave started not only re- rewriting my ten pages, but he'd write the next ten pages too. <laughs> so, so at one <laughs> point I realized, you know, he didn't really need me for that, and it, you know, the script, you know, the stuff he was writing was much better because he knew that movie you know it was it was really a passion project for him so uh so right. at that point he, he pretty much took over the script and did it his way and that was for the best because you know it was his film and he, you know he, i i again i want that freedom when i write so i thought he should have it on his film too
1: absolutely so i sort
0: of left the script to him
1: Definitely. But I enjoyed it. Um, oh, go ahead.
0: Because huh. you know how great Dave is. at, at uh, Dave Barton is at, at special effects. He had his own special effects out there. Worked on movies like um, Starship Troopers and things.
1: Oh, and nice. And
0: you could see how great some of the gory effects were in that movie. And, uh, you know, so Dave had his hand at everything on that movie. He wrote it, directed it, he... Most of the effects himself. Um, Dave is like a very driven, driven human being. Period. And that didn't change when he got on the set of his movies.
1: Yeah, uh, I hope not. But that's awesome. That's great. It's always great to to hear that you work with people you like enjoy, like just being with. Um, I do want to ask uh, Tristan real quick because yeah you uh because Doug mentioned uh co-writing and everything uh you co-write with your um writing partner and slash girlfriend Destiny um do you guys also do the same thing that um that that Dave and Doug did or did you kind of do your own a different kind of way that you guys write
3: well it's it's challenging because she lives 4 hours away um, she's actually from Pittsburgh and I'm down in Kentucky. So we'll usually have to, you know, she'll write, you know, like you said, write 10 pages and stuff. Um, and then usually she'll go back in and rewrite some of the stuff that I write. Um, I'm a decent writer. I'm not the best. <laughs> I have good ideas, but it's very hard for me to get them out of my head and into the script Um I wrote Red Eye, the majority of Red Eye, um, and she was there helping and doing her little ideas and stuff, but she basically wrote Inverted, and I was there to provide ideas, change some things, um, so, yeah, it's, it's pretty similar, um, but uh, it, it can be challenging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh- uh,
2: yeah, uh, no, or, I guess I think uh, that's great, you know, that you have a collaboration with someone that you're in a relationship with, and I'm currently um, doing that as well, and it's always fun, you know, and you learn so much about each other during that time, and, and but at the same time, it, it gives you time to work with each other and be with each other, because obviously being in the film industry, we're so busy, you know, I I, I sometimes don't even, I have to tell myself to slow down you know I have to tell myself okay let me give an hour so it's it's nice and I'm sure again that goes with all of you and all of us here we're all just so busy so it's always nice like when we can be like okay I can work with the person I, I at least want to see so we can spend our time working at least together so you know it works hand in hand yeah. you know <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah
2: well, um
1: I think this is a good place for us to wrap it up uh, and kind of uh tell each other, you know, um get the information out of where people can contact everybody. So let's talk to you, Doug. Um where can people contact you? Do you have a website or, or social media links?
0: Uh I'm about to uh put up a website, um uh it's That should be up in the next oh. within the next month or hopefully soon, much sooner. And I'll have another awesome. st- uh, DouglasSnoffer.com through uh, the Authors Guild, which will should be going up again at about the same time.
1: Nice. So, yeah,
3: great. Yeah. Uh,
1: so people look out for those so people can check those out. Uh, what about you, Tristan?
3: You can find all the information about our projects on DerangedMindsEntertainment.com as well as reaching out to me personally at Tristan Clay on Facebook Instagram, and um, you can find all our pages from my page. But if you just want to search it, we have red-eye uh, underscore film on Facebook and inverted the mo- Inverted movie on Facebook, I believe is what that URL is. And then on Instagram, you can just find Durant Spines Entertainment there as well.
1: Great. Are you not on Twitter? Yeah, I'm sure. Sorry. Go
0: ahead. I mean, no, you guys finished. No, first. Go ahead. I just wanted to say uh I had just uh finished editing uh, uh the autobiography of a producer named Sai shermack And he uh it's called the showrunner and he produced uh The Virginian Ironside Chips. Oh, and he also cool. did The Night Stalker
1: which Oh, was, wow. you
0: know. Oh. A favorite of nice. the one. Yeah. So if you're a fan of that, I'd kind of encourage you to go out and look for Syd's book, The Showrunner, and you'll learn a lot more about those shows, especially The yeah. Night Stalker.
1: Very cool. Like the Cold Chat one. Yeah, that's
0: on Amazon and and all the uh, online bookstores. So.
1: Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, um, yeah, and you know, uh, everybody, uh, just know this is like I said, this is the second to last episode of the season. So, uh, we'll be back in the fall um but uh Laura and I will not be going very far because we are starting a brand new podcast uh called all about acting uh and it comes out in less than a week a week you know a week from yesterday, so um definitely that check that out.
2: More, it's gonna be more relaxed than this one, so anybody who's <laughs> anybody is more than welcome. To state their mind and come on and have a beer with us. I'm just saying.
1: Figure <laughs> we're still trying to figure out how to do the hot, uh the hot tub thing that you want to do. So if we can figure yeah, that good. out. Have everybody be in the same hot tub.
3: <laughs> yeah, my
2: idea is hot tub podcasting where like we interview everyone and we all are just chilling in a hot tub having like just chilling and talking and just, like, inspiring everybody, inspiring each other. We all need to just inspire each other, especially now with everything going on. We just all need to be there for each other, and I'm all about that. And so I I just want to say thank you, Tristan and Doug, for being on. You guys are awesome. I follow you guys. I follow your work. I love what you're doing. Everyone out there, follow them. And maybe we'll all be chilling out in a hot tub one day soon, talking shop. But until then, you got to follow them online and just watch their work and follow their work and support their work because they're amazing.
3: Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, yeah thank you. You're very you.
1: welcome. I appreciate
0: inviting uh, you me. Both
3: are.
1: me. Yeah, you both are very welcome. Um, uh, we're very happy to have everybody here, and uh, we are looking forward to just getting more people. I know uh, we talked. I've talked to Destiny about coming on to All About Acting, so we'll hopefully have her on there too. So, um, all right. But um, yeah, that'd that would be awesome. Yeah. yeah. So excited. Definitely. All right. Well, you guys all have a really great night. Um, hope you guys enjoy the show. Thank. Thank you. Take care. Okay, good night.
2: night. Bye. Bye.